0: Hi everyone, it's David. Welcome to this week's Reckless Attack, where we sit down with our illustrious Dungeon Master, Nathan. If you've been enjoying Reckless Attack so far, you know that Nathan is the driving force behind creating the world of Rixia that you see today. He plays all of the NPCs, he engages with us, the players, to make sure that we're having fun and that you, the listener, are also enjoying the story. Jonathan and I sat down with Nathan to learn a little bit more about how he got started running Dungeons & Dragons, what kind of stories he likes to read and bring into his world and the world of Rixia, and some of the lessons he's learned in running a nearly four-year-long campaign with us. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Reckless A Talk. Hello and welcome to today's highly caffeinated episode of Breakfast Talk.
1: <laughs> oh jeez, and and only going to get more so as yes. the coffee just like courses through uh-huh. our system. We've yes. just been chugging, and so it's going to hit about at the fifteen-minute mark. See if you can, if you, dear listener, can time out exactly when it hits. <laughs> I'm already like lightly bouncing
0: yeah. in my chair because yeah. I started off this morning with a cup of coffee and have only had more coffee as the day <laughs> That's has gone True, on. the coffee must flow. Yes, exactly. We, David and Jonathan, are flipping the script a little bit and accosting Nathan, our dungeon master, <laughs> with today's oh God. interview. Accosting is yeah. a is a very aggressive
1: word we, where we it's We <laughs> dragged him out of bed yeah. to like yeah. surprise him with this interview. Yeah. So. We
0: splashed cold water on him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Nathan, what do you like as a creator? <laughs> yes, I've
1: been I've been dragged from a dark sensory deprivation room that I've been in the last sixteen hours, and now I'm ready to answer some questions. <laughs>
0: But yes, if you do not know already, Nathan is the esteemed dungeon master <laughs> for the critically acclaimed and widely listened to podcast, Reckless Attack. Technically true. It yeah. is technically true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I didn't mention already, I'm David and I am joined by my co-host. Hi, I'm Jonathan <laughs> and I play Check. Yeah, <laughs> was, if you hadn't, I was going to be genuinely disappointed. <laughs> but no, we're all, the two of us are interviewing Nathan today for our DM Reckless Attack this morning uh, or wherever it is that you're listening to today.
1: And we have a whole great list of questions for you today, Nathan. I am, I won't say ready, but I am accepting of questions. I'm open. I will take your questions from the podium that I exclusively DM behind with my DM seal on the front.
0: To kind of get us started, Nathan, you have been running games for quite a while. You've been Mm -hmm. playing for quite a while. And Dungeons and Dragons and the tabletop role-playing space has been something that you have been intimately familiar with for quite some time. I want to know a little bit about how did you get started? Not only as mm-hmm. a a player in this space, but also transitioning to now a creator of once again the. <laughs>
1: <critically claimed. laughs> we should include that. Just make that a, a regular thing, like the a Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition actual play podcast, uh-huh. and then just every time it rolls off the tongue, yeah. it critically acclaimed. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we awarded it ourselves, right? Um, you got the reckless attack award. <laughs> good podcast that we did. So I it's it's so interesting. I've tried so many times, even when I keep, you know, when I host these interviews, have curated the questions and, and always include this sort of question. And I have each time racked my brain to actually figure out when I actually heard about D&D for the first time and like when the, the moment the unveiling was, you know, the the seeing the pH or the uh, the the monster manual for the first time or the whatever thing, and I I still for the life of me cannot figure it out. <laughs> um, so the best I have, other than having a you know coterie of nerdy high school and middle school friends, and like I'm sure that it came up or something, and being kind of adjacent to that space, really. I started with podcasts. Um, I I think the first one I listened to was the Acquisitions Incorporated mm-hmm. podcast, where it was the Penny Arcade crew and DM'd by Chris Perkins, uh, who is I don't know what his official title is now, but like head one of the yeah. head honcho designers of D&D and writers of D&D. And I listened to that. I, I've probably even now listened to that like a dozen times through. Like I oh, even wow. a few years ago. Did a whole relisten of like the first arc. Um, I love it so much, and I I just remember I'd always been a creative person, someone who who thought of myself as a creative person, and kind of always wanted to do something. And writing a book is intimidating. And <laughs> you know, that's a lot of work. Yep. Uh-huh. And you have to have a good idea and also imposter syndrome and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But D D always felt like something I could do, you know, that it felt accessible even at kind of some of its like highest heights with acquisitions incorporated, where it's like semi-professional comedians right. and like one of the best DMs professionally in the world, Chris Perkins, especially at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it always felt like something. That I would be interested in and something that I felt capable of doing, which is a big thing for me, (laughs) is getting (laughs) over uh, the self-doubt. But I I, I didn't really have a group of people to play with. I didn't even know really where to ask. The nerdiest friends that I had were, I had some in college, but most of them were just back home. So like that wasn't going to happen in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. So I just like, all I did was just like mainline podcasts (laughs) for like three years. It was Acquisitions Incorporated and uh, Critical Hit, which was a 4E podcast that I deeply loved and probably have stolen so much from in Reckless Attack. And then finally, as now much publicized, stop me if you've heard this before, everyone, I went to the Dice Dojo one day.
0: (laughs) Wait, wait, can you say that one more time? Where did you go?
1: I went to the Dice Dojo in (laughs) Edgewater, Chicago, and... As I've said before, I was a journalism person in college and we got an assignment to go out into a community and a subcommunity, basically a, a subculture, I think, and just write about it and talk to the people who are in it. You know, a music scene, um, you know, uh, an art group, uh, whatever it, it ended up being. I couldn't have told you anything that anyone else did. I even now struggle to figure out what other examples there would be. But for me, <laughs> the answer was D&D this was the time where it was like, oh, okay, cool. I've been listening to the podcasts. I've been loving it. And so now I'm going to check this out. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. I went in totally blind. I had never, again, had never played, was familiar with it from, from podcast to an extent, but again, went in and just introduced myself. And it was kind of your typical, not Adventurers League, but organized play D&D game night. Mm-hmm. And I just got kind of Directed to a table, and I said, Hey, can I just like watch you play and mm-hmm. then maybe talk to you guys? And I did. And I just watched that first week and was just enraptured, even though the DM was, I think, only okay. He was fine. Um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like grand storytelling. Yeah. It was like, Yep, you go in, there's a dungeon, there's caves, there's blah, blah, blah. Steve was there the first time. Steve was very generous. Actually, everyone at the table was very generous with the time. And it was immediately a very, for me as a white male person, was immediately a very welcoming environment right. and a lot of people who were like, ooh, a new person. Yeah. Let's let's bring mm. let's bring them in. Let's yeah. get the claws into them. And we're immediately very nice. I came back the next week, uh, I came early and someone also came early and built me a character to play, like right there on the spot, and got to play Got to then interview all the players and just talk to them. Hey, so like, you know, basically did a reckless talk on all of them. Right. And like, why do you like D&D and what does it do for you? And like, how did you start and all that kind of stuff. And the connection that people had with D&D and Steve obviously being a great example. He was my probably easily the most memorable interview that I had. They all talked so glowingly and talked so much about how much it meant to them and how, how fun it was and all that kind of stuff that even, you know, it it, it enriched me even further. Like I played it, I've watched it, I've listened to it and now I'm hearing how it has affected people. And like, that was like the last, the last straw that I needed. It's (laughs) like done. I want that. I want more of this. This is what I want to do. Uh, I did run a tiny game shortly thereafter for friends back home in Kansas city. It was like 2am and we're just like, had been, I think, you know, 21-year-old beer college drinking and like, hey, do you guys want to play D&D at 2 a.m. or whatever? And like, because you're 21, you can say like, yes, yeah. I will do that. <laughs> yeah. And, we, you know, we found like a shitty little dungeon crawl and a pre, pre-made character sheets and ran through it. So I was like a player and DM where we're all just being like, I don't really know how this works. I think it's like this <laughs> and that. And I don't know. But we had a great time. And... Then I really didn't play again until I'm trying to remember the exact order of operations. No, I had, I had started a, I had started DMing a game for my now wife, my brother-in-law and some of my roommates and friends. Mm-hmm. And it was very bad. Um, it was, I think it was good enough. It was, it was better yeah. than a lot of first time <laughs> shitty DMs, <laughs> yeah. but it was, I was a shitty early DM because that's how you start. I went, you know. I I took the idea of the quote one shot to literally where it was like six hours of gameplay and we're up to like 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Also, and yeah. that was bad. But again, still was like, ooh, this is good enough that like I want to keep pulling and I have enough enthusiasm that I can just like keep convincing my friends to come back and play. But really what started, I think, truly started my like seriousness about the game mm-hmm. and take, you know it being really truly connected to it and not a phase and thinking about it in a more, I guess, cerebral's a fine word, um, but thinking about it and, and really trying to approach it artistically and meaningfully and empathetically and that kind of stuff was I was working at a cafe at the time, right in or right after college. I was the cash register person. So I was like, professionally just the chipper person who greeted you and gave you your coffee in the morning i'm sure that surprises no one um whereas just professionally charming to just yeah. be like well i'm just going to tell you a little joke and fun song and dance well i try to remember what the code is yeah. for the thing you just ordered oopsie daisies but i love that job i would do it right now if i could get like health benefits and never have to clean and just like talk to people for four hours and have a great time but we had one reg, we had a lot of regulars but there was one regular in particular who was always very kind always you know even in our short couple minute interactions would always stop and have a genuine chat and you know probably to the detriment of the line but like whatever and one day I was clearing up or maybe I was it was after my shift and I saw that he was there and working on stuff. And I just went over to say hi uh, and he was typing away on his laptop. And I asked him, like, you know, what are you working on or something along those lines um, or it came up at least. He was very sheepish, you know, almost embarrassed a little bit. And he said he was writing the monster manual. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, it was. And and that was steve townshend uh, you can see his name is in the monster manual i don't remember exactly he had like a block of letters essentially where he's like l through p all those monsters are your monsters um <laughs> but you can see his name's there his name's also in prince of the apocalypse and a bunch of other D properties and other ttrpg properties and we just you know so he was like very sheepish and be like i'm working right, on right. D stuff and um i was like no don't don't hide it. Show yeah. it to me. <laughs> I'm here. I'm and he was interested. like stunned that I knew and cared about or was interested in it. And eventually he invited me to his home game. Um, and he had been playing for a zillion years, like same as our Steve, essentially. Yeah. And he was also a theater person and a writer, and therefore had a very different approach to DD that I had ever seen. Um, to the point where it fried my brains several times. And like we had like mini fights a couple times <laughs> throughout the couple campaigns that I was in, just because like i wasn't understanding what he was trying to do and also you know my brain was like well no this is how i want to dm it you uh-huh, know like baby yeah. dm brain being like well no this i have other opinions uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um but like he he was really big in like for me in kind of taking the the jokey fun hey let's facilitate fun approach of like the acquisitions incorporated kind of goofy whatever like sure it doesn't matter i yeah. i wrote the game and i don't care if you break the rules kind yeah. of attitude with the like oh but like we can take this seriously mm. you know fun seriously we can ask questions of like how does your character feel and like we can we can try to you know mind those sorts of character moments mm-hmm. and then like that's was that was it and then it's mm. just like i kept creating games and kept uh and i never i played in one game for a long time that was an okay game um <laughs> but really has always been have always been a dm and pretty much always preferred being a dm in part just because like my soul demands dungeons and dragons right and it's easier to slake that thirst <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're right? willing to just be like i'll run i don't care yeah. <laughs> you don't need to do anything just show up i'll do it it's mm-hmm. fine it's mm-hmm. fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so then like really, just it it kept going from there, and like that was had a really great group after that. That was not you guys, the group right before you guys, who like got into that regular rhythm of like we're you know we're playing every week or two, and it turned fully into like oh okay, this is like this is what I want to be doing <laughs> for as long as possible, with as many people as possible, all the time. Let's just play tabletop role playing games. Uh, yeah, incredible, incredible. What what a journey, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it no was kidding. really it's really interesting. And like, I don't have a I don't have a clear like I have I have a long list of influential people, mm-hmm. but I don't have like a clear like, oh, yes, I just like I heard this and then I did this thing yeah. <laughs> or I did this and did this thing. Uh-huh. Right. I am a, uh, a a beautiful tapestry of experience <laughs> and lovely D&D players who have who have played with me and shepherded me and, and taught me a lot and some less good ones who have shown me, oh, this is bad. <laughs> I should <laughs> I should not do this. I don't like this. <laughs> So you mentioned a few podcasts that you
0: had listened to, some of the ones that kind of got you started on this Dungeons and Dragons adventure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But maybe you can tell us a bit more about some of the podcasts that you liked, what you liked about them, what you didn't like about them, and maybe how that kind of translated into the podcast that we
1: see today in Reckless Attack. It's I have I have a long answer and a short answer. The short answer is especially as we were talking through what Reckless Attack could be, Mm -hmm. should be and as we're kind of as we worked through the branding of it and and that kind of thing is I, I noticed I have always preferred podcasts that feel like a game. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I audio dramas uh, are really hit or miss for me or or highly edited d d sure. podcasts that like turn into audio dramas um, are, are they have to be really good. Like right. for me, it flips a switch in my brain of like you're writing a story and so now it's not just is this a fun good D game and dnd game story or tabletop role-playing game this is now like a movie yeah you know like yeah. my brain measures it differently and like wow. it's a much higher bar you have to clear for my brain for me to be like oh this is really good because like it's a different experience right. um so i have not intentionally but have always been Really, really reckless attack is the podcast (laughs) that I listen to essentially it's Uh like it feels like friends at the table. It feels like a real game, but it's a real game where there's joking around and there's like a lot of chemistry and a lot of just like fun and care. But also like people are there to like play a game and be there for each other and like present and take it seriously, even as they're making jokes and that kind of thing. Mm really if it gets too far out of the bandwidth of that for me i'm just like nope no thanks not good or bad but just like not for me so like glass cannon podcast is a really big one for me like i think that was like the full like oh we can i can do this (laughs) in a good way where like they you know they're they're all like actors and writers and stuff still but like that was exactly the vibe that I wanted was glass cannon podcast. Uh, the two I mentioned already were big. Um, Oh, another big one that was also copy paste. The same reasons why I like it was drunks and dragons slash is now greetings adventurers now, which was a four E pod, which was started in four E and then transitioned to a five E podcast. Um, they've been going for like 10 years or something or like, I don't remember what it was, but they literally, maybe it was like seven or eight years. That I, st- I know that I, I've been listening to them and they just like in the last month finished their first campaign, <laughs> <Jeez. Wow. laughs> which was yeah. a lot. Uh, I can't and, even. Imagine. And I fell off a little while ago. But like that, that was also the per that perfect, like, hey, we're all having fun. Right. We're just goofing around. But we're n- it's not just like joke hour. Sure. You know, we're not working to be like, ah, I make the joke now. And then like I right. get the spotlight and you make it and blah, blah, blah those are i think off the top of my head like the big ones but they all share a very similar theme mm-hmm. of like it needs to feel like a game to me mm-hmm. for me to for me to connect with it and enjoy with it and enjoy it um which is what reckless attack is and like needed to be for me to feel comfortable and confident because like well i like it <laughs> and yeah. so like and these are you know successful podcasts so like other people probably like it and like let's do that then gotcha so we know as the players that you, Nathan,
0: have done an incredible amount of work designing <laughs> oh, yeah. the world uh-huh. for Reckless Attack. You know, you've gone through this multi years long process uh, of, Unfortunately. Of, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <A> several times. <laughs> Not time. on purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> so are there any kind of stories that you like, any sort of tales you like to tell that, you know, maybe you've put into the world? You know, mm. we know that Reckless Attack is the fantasy X Files memoir, yeah, right. yeah, kind of vibe
1: so first i like i like heroes and i we've we've talked about this i think certainly um i don't know on mic or off mic it all blurs together we're just on or off mic at any given point (laughs) that's true and if we're off mic we're also usually talking about the podcast so like it all (laughs) blurs together but for me i am such a freaking sucker for stories where heroes choose to to be heroes Mm -hmm. you know where like Not, you know, it can be an anti hero. It can be just someone who's like scared, or it can be just someone who's like, I am making a choice to engage in this problem. And, and i you know not alone not i have to be the one to do it but like i am choosing to be on the side of change yeah is like i ugh, i always like maybe i just watched too much anime as a kid or <laughs> or whatever but like that ooh, that is my catnip like the my hero academia ooh, vibe yeah, like yeah. that is me that's what i crave that is just like inject it into my system of people who are just like trying hard to do good things. So like that that that, you know, was not a prerequisite for reckless attack, but I'm glad that that's kind of how it's shaped up where even, you know, even obviously checkers is a little bit of a wild card in that formula. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like I know Jonathan, the player <laughs> yeah, will right. still be doing that. <laughs> yeah. And and so that's just like I love that so much. Like that is how my brain light, works that lights it up. And it's it's wonderful. Um, I like I really like stories of things that are bigger than the perspective of the character so like Uh, so eldritch horror is kind of a classic example even though i'm kind of like wishy-washy on some eldritch horror and like horror in general um for as much as i cram into our podcast sometimes (laughs) um but i i love the idea that that there is something that you don't quite understand You know, where like it is weird. It is mysterious. It's something bigger than you. You can engage with it. You can Mm -hmm. tease out information, you know, like the X-Files where like there is something there and you get only as much information as you experience, but like you don't, you you don't fully understand it. You can still do something about it, Mm -hmm. but it is something strange and different And not necessarily scary. It Mm. often ends up being scary, but it doesn't have to be, you know, just like, hey, there's just this weird magic road and you don't really understand how it works, but it's there. And that is the kind of world building and storytelling that I really, really dig because like characters don't know everything. And like, that's hard to do sometimes and hard to balance. But yeah, those I think are like the big ones. Again, it's X-Files. It's like my hero academia. Mm-hmm. It's like it's yeah. those are the kind of stories that I am like, ooh, give me more. Or the the Stormlight Archives is a oh, really yeah. like Kaladin is like a wonderful archetype of the hero that I love, of like beaten down and sad, a sad boy. Yeah, yeah he is a <laughs> sad boy, yes. Yeah. And tragedy and all this other thing who, despite even despite what his brain tells him to do on the surface level like steps up you know and despite all of his baggage despite all these other things leans into what he can do what he's good at what you know what he can bring to the table and then brings other people who can do things that he can't do together Mm -hmm. um and supports them and that kind of stuff like oh Yep, give it to me all day, every day. I just like uh, Clockwork Orange style. Yeah, into my brain. <laughs> keep my yep. keep my eyeballs open, and I will just enjoy for as long as my brain or as long as my eyes remain undesiccated. Like, yeah. bring it on. And I think too that's something that is really. Hard to do as a dungeon master
0: is to like string along those bits of stories until your players just you know can piece it all together and Mm. have that aha moment. And I think that's something that you really excel at, thank you, Nathan. Is like it's bringing all that together until the players have that epiphany, and it's like that's the joy of Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's I um I've always loved um I don't remember who and I'm I'm, this is not a, a one person experience, but I've always loved the approach where you know say the you have a troll right just Uh classic troll whatever but like the characters don't know that you know and and like the people whose villagers being attacked don't know that they would be like i don't know the giant the ogre the like blah 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 the whatever the monster and and that kind of level of extra layer of like realistic experience of like well these people don't know you guys don't know and like you the players would know if i just told you it was a troll yeah but like if i reskin it if i do whatever then like it feels a little more grounded and a little more mysterious and real where it's like this is a thing we are experiencing and discovering not just like reacting to Mm -hmm. is like ooh, always always my favorite if i can like get in the right brain space to do it so i'm glad it translates it does translate yeah very (laughs) well it does for sure so Nathan, mm. I
0: have a question for you. Okay. So we I been, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> as far as <laughs> inter- no. So we've been playing Dungeons and Dragons with you on a mm-hmm. mostly weekly basis yeah. for like uh, like 4, 5 yes. a long time mm-hmm. at this point. If you're willing to tell us, maybe I can ask you about what does your process look like for getting ready to run a game, preparing to do, mm-hmm. you know, world building or preparing to actually sit down at the table and run a game for us that you have been doing every week essentially for (laughs) for our campaign like what does that look like
1: yeah so it's this is also something i've kind of thought a lot about in in recent months Uh but for me how how it goes and you guys will hopefully just be like oh yes i remember this experience Uh this all tracks Uh is i i love just sitting down with no no characters, other than just kind of like we can maybe talk about what vibes you're interested in or what ones you're not interested in. Um, but even then, I don't need that necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I will just sit down and I will just spew out a bunch of ideas. You know, like I will have a campaign pitch doc and it'll be two to three paragraphs on like eight different ideas. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, and <laughs> and, and I, I've, I've given the reckless attack crew like three or four of these over the years that we've been working on this a lot of them are just super cliche right where it's like okay again he, the classic one is it's a pirate campaign yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, this pirate campaign might be a little you know eldritch horror-y or uh, okay so like what's the kind you know it's it's super high level yeah. you know classic movie pitch where it's like it's this movie meets this movie smashed together campaign ah. and like and that's you know that's just super hey here are the vibes right. of this campaign uh-huh. and that's what I try to go for um, and then that that's a nice starting off point we talk about it we figure it out we were fine we were fine mm-hmm. and then we kind of hone in on the one or two that we're interested in and then i just kind of like start pulling on threads that is kind of interesting in the genre or interesting in the the setup or the premise even if i had to know you know did the classic jj abrams mystery box of like well i put this in the original pitch and i don't know what it means so i guess it's time <laughs> to figure it out and then it's just like a lot of tinkering for a long time, uh-huh. um, and especially when I get details from players is when it really like ooh that's when it crystallizes because yeah. like I am a person who likes having a who likes having limits on my creative process, mm-hmm. you know. Of, mm-hmm. of you sit me in a room and just like do anything, I will freeze up. Yeah. <laughs> and it won't, it you know, and I can I can do that for some things, yeah. but like not for like specific. I'm working on one thing. And I am just teasing at it for a long time. I really struggle with that. And so to have clear buy-in from the players to be like, okay, cool. Not only am I interested in this kind of overarching idea, but also here are some specific things that I personally am interested in as expressed by my character. You know, of like... Mm-hmm. um, or or of world building, like when we did our microscope game, you know, of like specific being like, oh, here's a here's a weird idea that I had that I was excited about. And so, like, cool, that means I know that Jonathan will like that yeah. because it was his it came from his brain. Right. right. And and then it is just a lot of like chasing what's interesting and trying to build things that I'm excited about that I think you guys will be excited about and that fit the agreed upon kind of theme for the game, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then just kind of like blowing it up and blowing it up from there. I don't have like a magic checklist, yeah, you know, yeah, things yeah. to go through. And then it's again, it's then is just as simple as like, cool. Well, I know there's someone named the Pentarchy. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> what does that mean? It seems interesting. Let's figure that out. And then it's just kind of going down a list of like, here's what's here's what's interesting, or interesting, or here's a point that 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 David brought up in his backstory um, that he was interested in, and like, ooh, okay, cool. So what does that mean? And and asking those questions and being curious about it, and then trying desperately to cram it into one Google document, yeah, <laughs> uh, is really really my process. And then we sit down to play, and then it just all explodes from there, and you know, and then you just have to keep, you know. I I am a person who I have to do a lot of work up front. Mm -hmm. Um, I like doing a lot of work up front. So I always know the world, not detailed, but I know the vibe of the world. I know how the world is going to react to a certain extent to whatever crazy nonsense the players get. But then, yeah, from there is just then plucking ideas and experiences and that kind of stuff from the weird shit that players do and then hoping it all weaves together in a semi cohesive way.
0: Have there ever been any like story arcs or characters or nPCs that you've designed over the years that have just like worked out better than you expected, or just like yes. just like, <laughs> like this is amazing,
1: yeah, from old campaign, Sir Reginald, yeah, the paladin great was absolutely one <laughs> um Sir Reginald, we've talked about him off and on over these many months, and I don't remember exactly how i introduced him but he was just this like classic dumbass paladin who spoke heroically all the time and was very enthusiastic but also gravely serious and just like a very dramatic person like classic dumb paladin adventurer going off fixing problems in the world and he was supposed to be just this huge badass and you know wandered the world essentially by himself and with his squire just like (laughs) Being a level fifteen or whatever paladin, you know, and I thought it would be like a fun time and like cool and whatever, and you guys fucking loved sir reginald yeah yeah we, did. we,
0: we glommed on him.
1: it's like what's Sir reginald up to today this, yeah. this, yeah. Is, like, this, this is
0: the tree i want to koala with like. yeah and
1: and it got to the point where i had and and this is why i fear making high level npcs is the classic conundrum of like well we're friends with this high level npc let's bring him along yeah. <laughs> we're level five he by like lore has to be like level 12 or 15 <laughs> or whatever but i i feel like i was always able to figure out good ways to like keep you guys the star of the show and then just have him come in and do weird sir reginald things uh-huh. in the background uh-huh. um and we had this like it became this whole like he and his squire had this whole like elaborate backstory that we had concocted <laughs> where i was i was thinking about i was actually literally thinking about his squire percy on the walk over uh and we had we had decided that percy was a horse boy yeah uh and like all this like weird deep lore of this like kind of throwaway just goofy paladin character and that really delighted me um i'm trying to think reckless attack wise the heads of the caravan as you guys were coming in oh yeah yeah um the bronze maces right yeah they were just gonna be you know whatever throwaway people and like you guys kept coming to them (laughs) (laughs) right and like Kept getting attacked and needed to talk to them. And then <laughs> suddenly it was like, oh, I guess these have to be three dimensional characters now. um But like you guys getting, building a relationship with them was really cool. And just kind of like once again, kind of telling me like, oh, this is like reacting to the world and the people in it. And of course we would be talking to the caravan leader mm-hmm. because that's reasonable. Right. Right. <laughs> but then letting, you know, seeing that kind of unfold and go from like, I don't know. It's a big burly dwarf who's in charge of the caravan. To like, oh no, I now have a very clear idea of who they are yeah. and what they want and what they do and how that kind of unfolded was was really neat. And then also, I've just like come up with 400 NPCs already for reckless attack, and none of them have really returned yet. But I'm sure they will, and I love them all and they're beautiful children. Yeah, we'll see them again for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have very crystal ideas of literally every NPC you guys have met as to how they might come back around um, and many others uh, that are remaining hidden in the shadows. So we'll see how it goes, but incredible. So a question. uh, So another question I have for you, Nathan,
0: and we've talked a little bit about your, your DMing style in Mm. previous podcasts, but if you had to go back and sort of tell your younger self or Mm. also just, you know, kind of tips for any fledgling DMS out there, what kinds of lessons would you say to your younger self
1: about, your DMing style, or what you've learned since then. Yeah, I have a few things. So first, if it's not if you're not having fun, you can just leave. <laughs> <laughs> that it is not like fishing or pizza. Yeah, and that bad D and D is is bad. Like yeah. it sucks. Uh-huh. Just leave. It's fine. Like find someone. That, you know, whatever your preferences are. Identify what is not working with you. See if you can fix it. You know, if if it's just a Hey, let's all get on the same page here. Sure kind of thing cool, but if you can't fix it, then like find another group that does work for you. Um, and I definitely fell into that trap a few times because I was just desperate to play d and d and also anxious to socially let people down by quitting or whatever. so that was that's a big thing, but that kind of also extrapolates into the the second point of different people like different things. Part of my job as DM is to make sure that I am being active in knowing what those are, Mm -hmm. Um, not just generally or up front, but as we're playing. Right. And it's still something I have to work on and you guys do a good job of, but like always, always being a, a leading force in having those conversations Mm. is I think something that I, it took me a long time to really figure out that like how, not that I didn't think that it wasn't collaborative. That's like a quadruple negative, but you get it. (laughs) But, but not, not that, not that we weren't having a nice collaborative time, Mm -hmm. but that it's better if you just, just ask and have it in, you know, and design around that and not just like, Hey, here's the thing you can do. Hey, here's the adventure I have prepped, have at it. Right. Right. Um, that's perfectly valid. It works very well for a lot of groups and a lot of people just, just come to, to roll dice and have fun and like, drink a beer and eat pretzels with friends and like that's great totally valid and wonderful experience but if you're doing a long-term long-term thing or any degree of serious thing or whatever it's so useful to just be like so what do you want Mm -hmm. what do you not want and do ask that ask those questions a lot and then put it in the game (laughs) and not just design in a in a bubble and that's something i've i've have worked hard to learn in something that was very valuable, I think, for everyone and that I am still always learning and still always working. And it changes for every group. And and, um, that's kind of the beauty of the of the human experience. And like as a player, I think it
0: really shows because I've noticed that you are very good at being active about asking those questions and intentionally trying to figure out, like, not just what we say we want, but actually what we engage
1: with in the game. yeah. And it's interesting and dangerous, but I often feel like now we've been playing together for so long that I kind of have an idea. Like I know what a reckless attack story is, you know, like Uh some stories that I come up with are not reckless attack stories and like they're not this group story. And that's what that's what I mean. Not a podcast, but like not this group. Like this group is not is not going to be interested in this kind of a thing, but they might be interested over here. Like here's the style we've kind of all agreed on or like no clowns please like yeah. whatever you know <laughs> but yeah it's it's even as long as we've played together and even as as i feel like i have a lot of instincts of like okay here's what i think you guys are going to enjoy and what kind of stories that we all like telling together is that like i still know like i still know i can't fall into that trap mm-hmm. and get complacent or lazy or assume things mm-hmm. um because that's when growth stops and you assume too much and <laughs> it <Sure>. goes bad <laughs> sure so i'm glad that
0: has been your experience mm-hmm. And that's been the cool thing too, of like as you've been DMing for us and other groups for so long, you know, we've really been able to see your mm. growth as a dungeon master, as a as a campaign runner, as a lore master, <laughs> yeah, right, uh, throughout these years, and just like your your incredible, you know, drive to become better at what you do, yeah. and we see like the direct efforts that you put in <laughs> to like all of the world building that you do, the campaign documents, just how much you think and talk about this stuff.
1: I think is it's really cool to see yeah really inspiring Thank you. yeah it's 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 nice where i have found a hobby and also a side weird hustle i don't know whatever <laughs> a podcast is uh, a moderately successful podcast is that you know these are things that i enjoy doing right and mm. so it, it lines up nicely but I, I am a person i think who in all settings tries very hard to ask what's what's what are we trying to do here? Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um, what's the what's the goal? What's the real goal? And like what's the actual way to get to that uh, that helps me cut through a lot of nonsense at work <laughs> yep. and and a lot of ide- but also a lot of you know fun ideas and, and brainstorming and I'm a person who likes to emphasize that and I think that also carries over to prepping D&D and running D&D and tabletop role playing games generally. But of like, okay, what's what are we trying to evoke here? Mm -hmm. You know, what's or what adventure do we want? Or like what nugget of world building do we think is important or plot or like whatever or backstory? What are we trying to do? Mm -hmm. And then let's build around that um, and build to that. And so that like it all fits into my brain in a nice way where I can you know, that, that integrates into my process very yeah. easily. And then I can just be like, well, this is fun. I'll just yeah. like, <laughs> I'll just keep doing. Cause everyone has told me that these are all things that they want. And so I have permission to just right. do it and I'm going to fuck with you and it will not be the way you think, <laughs> but it will be there. And isn't that a lovely thing? Yeah.
0: There are, there are so many twists and turns, not only in this game, but our past game oh, that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, just like, Hey Nathan, I have this idea and it comes back in on us. So it'll in come a around totally unexpected way. I have many secrets
1: already for reckless attack.
0: So Nathan, you are not only the voice and the face (laughs) of reckless attack. You know what people (laughs) what people hear when they listen to our podcast. But you were also the you spearhead our quote unquote community outreach. Yeah, yeah. 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 You you talk to uh, you interact with the community. Can you tell us a little bit about what that has been like? Oh
1: yeah, good question. It's very funny where originally. You know, when we were starting out, we had we had made our Twitter accounts and made our whatever accounts just uh-huh. to be like dibs, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, this is mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to make sure we had them. And when we were getting ready, had I had started kind of dabbling a little bit, but also was like, ah, oh, do I want to be on the social media person? Like, should I? You know, should I? Is this what I should be spending my brain power on? And blah blah blah. And eventually, just like did it. You know, it's like, ah, that's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we first started pre pandemic. I was tweeting very seldomly and I was just out into the void Mm -hmm. basically. Um, Luckily when we restarted this time, we were a little savvier. We were a little more aware and a little more um, proactive. Mm -hmm. And luckily we were able to find a couple of communities, especially the hope for TTRPGs community um, to just kind of like put a foot in the door and be like, Hey, so like, We're here. Mm -hmm. You're here. Okay, cool. At the least we have a long list of cool people we can interact with. Mm -hmm. And it's been just like the best. It's been so rewarding, so supportive. And so it's been such an engine of growth. For me personally, too, of getting to to I've always been a person who, you know, like to be inclusive, like to be welcoming to other viewpoints and and individuals. But really, like truly getting to interact with a huge number of people online um, yeah. and who are from all over the world and from all over, you know, have all sorts of experiences has been so wonderful for me as like a human being and as a creator. And it's been really meaningful a lot of TTRPG Twitter is a cesspool. I mean, just like a lot of Twitter and <laughs> yeah, a lot of social media is yep. is terrible. Yep. But for the most part, the people that we are surrounded by are genuinely some truly incredible people and incredible creators at the same time. They're people who make me want to be a better person and better creator, which is like all you can ask for right. for being part of a scene, basically. And so it's, it's I starting out as a as a loud person who likes attention but a seldom tweeter into the oh god how many thousands of tweets (laughs) have i put out this month um is really driven not just is is driven by two things first again the community that we're a part of um and just like the joy of interacting with them but also of of being just excited about like oh our podcast is good let me yell about the podcast Uh um so yeah it's it's been really fabulous and it's been really supportive and really meaningful. To get to connect with people and actually, you know, be able to connect with people who are able to share what they're going through Mm -hmm. and share what their hardships are or what their their sticking points for their designs are or whatever has been really rewarding and really meaningful and constructive, I think. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So, Nathan, we're about...
0: So, at the time of recording this, <laughs> yes. We've just celebrated about 6 months of our podcast. Yeah. And when we started this whole journey together, I at least didn't <laughs> know where we were going Knew. or that we would be here at this point. No. Can you tell me a little bit about like what some of your goals and dreams for the podcast for Reckless mm. Attack are?
1: Going yeah. into the future. Yeah, I think we can all, first of all, agree that we all, none of us. <laughs> I, I appreciate people that you said to us from yet? my perspective, uh-huh. this is it. But I think I can speak on behalf of the whole podcast uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. in that we talk about it a lot of like, holy shit, yeah. people are still listening to us. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and yeah, so that, that's that been been nuts. Where we're, Our goals going in were just let's make a show we're proud of Mm -hmm. let's make a show that we're excited to work on Mm -hmm. and do it in a way that doesn't destroy us and destroy our (laughs) friendships right that that was our goal yeah And it was really just like of course we're going to try and get people to listen to it and whatever maybe a couple of the friends who throw us a pity listen will stick around (laughs) and like isn't that just kind of a nice time Yeah. Uh, and we'll just try to do it for as long as we feel like doing it and like that be it and that has been our experience i think uh but also now people are listening to us <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. um so yeah so that's an interesting question and a hard question to answer sometimes yeah i mean and as i'm talking to two people who i just talk about these sorts yeah. of things yeah. constantly so this <laughs> yeah. is more to the listener than you guys specifically but i would love for reckless attack to be a platform for a lot of people and a lot of stories reckless to talk is a big part of that obviously yeah and it's something i love that we're doing and i think is is hopefully very impactful and very meaningful and something enjoyable for people to listen to but my like dream goal would be somewhere deep down the line when we make thousands of dollars on patreon <laughs> and we all quit our jobs yeah. and and are doing it is i would love to essentially not not be a literal network but like a a place where we can have a lot of other people on To show them off and spotlight them and give them a chance to tell a story and to tell their story and just expose people to the diverse, wonderful, imaginative folks that exist in the space. Mm. That feels very, very good to me. (laughs) It feels like a a good direction. But really, just like my goals are kind of still like be protective of our sanity. Yeah. Be protective of our friendship. Right. And keep playing the game we want to play and like whatever that means for growth for listeners is whatever obviously i want to be branching out into other communities i want to be you know still finding new ways to get our podcast in front of people because it turns out oh god we were accidentally right that this is a good podcast and people (laughs) never listen to it And they do now right Um, and so i want to let more people listen to it um but all of that is extremely extremely secondary to We're playing a good game of D&D and like those don't even come along very often in lives, let alone a podcast, (laughs) you know, where like we have we've we've done a full campaign over like three years. Like some people go a long time in their lives of playing and never finish the scope of story that we finished in our first campaign Uh and then try to do it again. (laughs) Like like that doesn't happen. I am trying to be very cognizant of like I am going to like keep our group protected and happy and our game going like Mm -hmm. as a game first and foremost, for me, it goes back a little bit. I think to the like audio drama conundrum Mm -hmm. where like I get less interested if it's not a game and if it's not friends hanging out and playing a game and I want to make sure that that keeps going for us because I mean, in part, because like that's that's the juice for us, right, sure. in a lot of ways. But also because like, well, that's because that's what I, I want. <laughs> yeah, that's what we are. That's yeah. where yeah. we started, and that's what I'd like to continue us uh-huh. to be. Because like, playing D and D with friends is very good, and it turns out I just want to keep doing that. So, if we do it in front of mics, great, awesome, cool. But um, yeah, those are those are still. I don't know if it's sort of goals, but also sort of like guiding principles, you know, is like we have all these cool ideas of things we want to do and we have all these new friends that we want to like, let's collaborate, let's do this, blah, blah, blah. But like we have lives also. (laughs) And, and, and we spend a lot of time and, and do a lot of work and everyone does. And, you know, trying to make sure that it's like, I would rather do less, sacrifice some growth, sacrifice some opportunities, but be, sustainable for our emotions and health and friendships than literally anything else so anything we do has to be couched in like how does everyone feel about this and does also everyone feel okay about pulling the plug on this if it's not working and like all trying to be very cognizant of that always yeah and i always really appreciate how much effort and thought you put
0: into protecting our collective time and energy because it it if to me it feels like it takes a special kind of person to do that.
1: Thank you. Um I mean it helps that I think every everyone is. Like it's it's a nice we've really I think crafted a good space for that. And and it's something I I I try to do and I appreciate you saying it. But, you know, in the same way of like David, you work to like make sure everyone's editing like the editing schedule is together and like for the most part, you know, and, and the whole editing team is like I can help with this. I can do that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, you haven't gotten to that? Don't worry. Oh, I can take that on. And like Steve is always like, yeah, give me a thing to do. Like, yeah. I'm, <laughs> yep, absolutely. And and so it's we have ugh, gross. Uh, we have built a, a culture where, <laughs> 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 uh, but but you know, in our in our friend group and in our podcast group, like I think we all do a very good job of that and try to make it very much like. I can't do this. Right. You know, uh-huh. and, and if someone else can cool and you know, if no one can, then like, okay, yeah. you know, like we, we haven't yet, but like if we ever need to skip a week of podcasting, that's fine. You know, like mm-hmm. we don't want to, like yeah, we're all, right. we're all hyper self competitive <laughs> people who are like, but like if we can have an episode every yeah. single week, isn't that badass? Yeah. But like, I think we went in very much trying to, to make that be a foundational part of this. And I think we all do a very good job of reminding each other (laughs) that, like, we are a lot of people who have a lot of ideas and a lot of enthusiasm. But, like, let's all stop. Can can we actually do this? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, and especially because we want the podcast, like the podcast is the thing and our game is the thing. And if anything takes away from the podcast and from us playing the game as friends, then, like, I am not eager to do that, you know? Any streaming we do will be like, cool, I have the time or it's fun or it's whatever. Or any new podcast we do is like, cool, I feel like I can fully commit to both things and bring my all to both things. But if it's something that takes away from the podcast and again, from us just having bandwidth to be friends at a table, I'm not interested. Like I can't, I I have to make sure that I put blinders on and not get overexcited and not not just want to chase down the shiny things. Right. And I think, again, we all do a very good job of keeping ourselves accountable to that. And we also have like fans and listeners who are always seem very like, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. Do whatever you want. So that's that's also very good.
0: So we have reached the ubiquitous oh, God.
1: lightning round. <laughs> yeah. You've done this to both of us now. Nathan. Yeah, now. yeah, I know. And I, 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 I was really going back and forth as to like how much prep I wanted to do. And I've opted to, to just do no prep yeah. so other than like one or two things um, and just see what comes out. So like apologies in advance. Yeah. And so <laughs> edit out all the pauses. And if you don't know already, this is the portion of the interview where we get to ask
0: Nathan questions and we will pro- you know, probably not. <laughs> oh, we've been asking questions. questions. Yeah, right. Yeah. We will <laughs> ask Nathan questions. Now the, question <laughs> yeah, now the yeah. questions mm, yes, mm. have come. But yes. So Nathan, is your glass half full or half empty?
1: It is generally half full. I like to believe in the best in people and in the world and find hope. But also, I am also often half empty when it comes to thinking of my own self. So trying to get better. Hooray therapy. But mostly half full. What excites you creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Collaboration is big. Um, Collaboration in a way where everyone is on the same page And even if they have different thoughts, opinions or whatever, we've reached a consensus. Everyone agrees. Yes, this is what we should do. Here's how we should do it. And again, kind of having that nice box and that goal that we've all agreed on. We're all on the same page. Like, that's why I can design for reckless attack forever. Is that like, cool we have a general consensus of what things we're interested in and what kind of world we're interested in. And we will say if we are not interested in a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I can just be like, yep, I will come up with adventure ideas for this group of people for, for as long as they will let me because the collaboration and the kind of a, the safe collaboration that goes into it. What does not excite you creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Um, a not having clear direction. Okay. Um, yeah is i hate Mm -hmm. i hate my brain gets too anxious and is convinced i will not be delivering what they want me to deliver and then someone and then the opposite end of that spectrum of being too assigning of things you know of like a prescriptive that's the word Uh kills me like nope that sucks i can't it's just me up against a wall just can't can't Mm -hmm. move past it what is your favorite sound? I uh, I really struggled with this one. I did think about it a little bit and not struggled to come up with what it was, but struggled to be like, how soul revealing yeah. do I want to be? Um, vulnerable. Yeah. This, yeah. Uh, my favorite sound is people laughing at a joke I made. <laughs> <laughs> and take what you will of that. It is factually correct, for better or for worse. What is a sound that you hate? The sound of... This is a uh, this is not exactly a sound, more of a tone. Um the tone of voice when someone is disappointed. uh, uh if yeah. that if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um is a real bummer. What is your favorite word? I pause on this one because I have a different favorite word like every day. Yeah. And yeah. it just <laughs> depends. Oh wait, hold on. No, I have a good one. <laughs> this is stupid. What is your favorite uh, word no, of the day? I yeah. haven't. No, 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 I know what it is. <laughs> Baba booey, and not not for any Howard Stern reasons uh in Parks and Recreation which was a formative show for my wife and I we watched it we watched it all the way through like god knows how many times there is a point where one of the characters gets hammered drunk and then just (laughs) looks straight at the camera and just goes leans in and goes Baba booey," and Jen and I say that to each other all the time and so that is my favorite word
0: incredible what is your least favorite word wrong wrong okay what TTRPG or Dungeons and Dragons monster have you not faced that you would or run that you would love to?
1: I actually there's all the we have we haven't run so many classic monsters for, yeah, in our uh-huh, campaign. Uh-huh. I've seeded them in, but either we either we haven't gotten to them or whatever. Um, so there's like a lot of answers, unfortunately. I think the main one that I'd love to get right is a dragon. Yeah, I, fought, I have fought a dragon in a streamed campaign. It was good, but dragons, to me, have such rich potential, you know, as, as adversaries, as allies. And in 5e, I've never really played long-term in a game where the dragon was the bad guy sure. or something like that. It was, like, meaningful and impactful, you know, kind of classic, like, season one critical role kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, they're so cool, and I've never experienced a good version of it. Mm-hmm. And I now I, I that now I crave it. Now I want to have that like conniving background dragon, or grand dragon, or ultra powerful dragon, or whatever ancient you know wise beyond your comprehension kind of thing. And I think that would be fun to try and get right.
0: So, what is your favorite adventure of all time that you've played, experienced, that you want
1: to run? I have a couple. My first favorite adventure was, and they're all ones that I made. Um, yeah. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> I've, Great. I, I've read a good amount of, of adventures and I haven't really run too many pre-written ones from my first really long-term campaign. It was the group right before you guys had this like very cool, sprawling adventure where a, gang had in a low magic or new magic setting had figured out how to make wands of magic missile and just be able to produce that which is essentially just like a gun for a commoner (laughs) right Where like 3d4 plus two or whatever is going to kill most commoners (laughs) and like be a you know untraceable and like leave no marks and all that kind of stuff and so there's like all this cool intrigue and like mafia vibes and and underground things and and i really still love that adventure a lot And then I think the last pre reckless attack campaign that we did, I really loved the orc wart, the horrible tree monster (laughs) encounter, tree that that dropped pod people, kidnapped them, ate them, just because it was like super simple. There is a there is a evil tree in evil in crazy magic forest, and it they are kidnapping people, and like stop it. Yeah, but it turned into so it turns so rich and so like all your characters just like really freaking leaned into it and engaged with it and it was that was really cool for just a really simple setup and then the mind flayer lab last oh yeah um last campaign too um where some evil scientists had accidentally created an elder brain and had been converted into mind flayers in like an arcane laboratory so like all things were going wrong and blah 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 and then the bad guys lieutenants like teleported in and you had a big like it was a whole thing and you guys were just fucking scared the whole time (laughs) and knew that around i killed i killed steve's character yep Yep. um and you know through some unknown you guys didn't know this but you already had a boon where you had one free resurrection basically but like you like that uh, that for me is like the per the perfect encapsulation of a lot of things that i like to do Mm -hmm. as a dm where it's like you don't know what the fuck you just came into (laughs) you know it's like any room could be the weirdest worst thing i've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. and then just the reveal that like oh shit it's mind flares. yeah oh yeah. oh no <laughs> um and not only is it mind flares, but like that doesn't mean anything yeah what else is going on <laughs> yeah. um was really was really fun and and again how i like to design things of like something has happened that's all the information you know good luck guys um is like i that i crave that that's like how my brain designs adventures um and that was just a nice nice way to do it having experienced those adventures i will say
0: those were all some really fantastic adventures yeah (laughs) they were
1: they were a lot of fun sir reginald was there uh Uh, he had been mind control. was that where you met sir reginald uh i think it might have been not the initial meeting Oh, you're right. There was a big... The Fancy Party, I think, is where you yeah, maybe yeah, met yeah. Sir Reginald. But yeah, Sir Reginald was there. He had been mind-controlled by yeah. Mind flares and he was there trying to smite you all. Yeah. There were <laughs> yeah. dragons there. Oh, and yeah. Like, it yeah. was a whole... Two dragons. There was, yeah. yeah, two young dragons. It was a whole thing. It was great. Speaking of Sir Reginald,
0: what is the, <laughs> what is your favorite TTRPG character of all time? Oh, God.
1: Um, I am cursed with all of my characters the few characters that i ever play Mm. i never get to have a satisfying arc for them they're either a one-shot character and then like i just want more or they're like really fun characters that i love that are in an okay campaign Mm -hmm. um and so it's like no but i want Mm -hmm. i want more Uh, please help me i really love my first character still he was like classic edgy backstory rogue He, you know, and like grew up on the streets and was an orphan and all, you know, all these other things, grew up in a gang and all these other things, was an assassin. He had this really interesting arc of like became a character who knew he was disadvantaged in the world and knew that like there is a code to the world that must be upheld and that if, if, that I need, I need a code Hmm. to operate from Mm -hmm. even if the world does not operate from that he had this whole big arc of like making friends and like confronting the gang that he was a part of as a child and like becoming essentially a like magic artifact hunter so that he could he could have the power to enact the change that he wanted in the world because magic is unfair and it's fucked up that i don't have magic um and so i have a lot of affection for him and then like I, I, I genuinely just have loved every NPC in Reckless Attack, basically already. And yeah. I love all of them. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe too much, but whatever. <laughs> and our last question, what gives you hope? Yes. I this is the one I did think about. Um I have two answers. One I will steal from Jay from Planet Arcana. Um I think it was Jay at least, one of the twin headed DM gods of planet Arcana who was on our show. Um, I, I really, I, I love, I love zoomers. They're like, (laughs) they are everything that we wanted to be, you know, and that, you know, that we are now like, hopefully, you know, a nice lockstep to be like, ah, there's change that must be wrought. And now we have a few more numbers. (laughs) Yeah. And so let's move forward and let's do it in this weird zoomer energy way. Like that makes, it delights me to no end. And then, and this goes back a little bit to what stories do I like? I like times where people choose kindness when they don't have to. Mm -hmm. That is extremely powerful to me. You know, it can be as simple as as saying a nice thing to someone or helping them out or, you know, being there to push a stranger out of a, you know, snowbank or whatever where Mm -hmm. you do not have to. You don't have to do it. The world is not hinging on you being nice to this person, Mm -hmm. to the stranger or to your friend or whoever. But for whatever reason, you have chosen kindness and that being the type of humanity that I choose to believe (laughs) that we all can be and should be, um, especially knowing how impactful that can be. You never know who's having their worst day, right? Or just, you know, needs that little bit of something not to change their lives necessarily, but just to make a small difference and that that happens in the world at all is really really wonderful and just a joy and filled with sunshiny brightness
0: well thank you for joining us on this episode of (sighs) reckless to talk nathan because it sucks being on this side yeah (laughs) Yeah. but it is it has been an incredible time for us super insightful so thank you nathan thanks guys really
1: appreciate you joining us thanks for taking over now it is back to my show
0: (laughs) before it's nathan's show we're just gonna cut it here yeah Yeah.